Hey guys, it's Seth, coming to you from lockdown just about still, ready to take you through another episode of 502 Radio. This week we've got Bene Culture. Bene Culture were the first UK stockists of brands like Pleasures and Heresy. They've built a local and online community around themselves through being really sound guys and helping young people set up brands and hosting events in their store. It's all a big feedback loop. Bene Culture also has a brand that sits front and centre in the store. That's pretty dope as well. One third of Bene, Lamar took the time to chat to us in lockdown over Skype. We talk about the ups and downs of being a retailer and a brand, what it's like being located in Birmingham and the general creative scene there. It's more than Mike Skinner. Man, you should see my cream. It's fucking dead, man. Oh, man, don't even fucking start. I've I've actually messaged my barber and been like, yo... Because he's doing consultations, I've been like, yo, can you sort me out? Can you, like, chop cut my hair? And he's been like, now you can get the right razors, and all the razors are sold out, basically. Oh, shit. What, like, got... what, like cutthroat razors? Now it's like normal, like, uh, like barber razors. It's like hair razors. Oh, shit. You go on Amazon, it's like, all of it's completely gone, so you're like, fuck, can't touch this. <laughs> I got my girlfriend to cut my hair last night. Oh, Zach actually did a really sick job. I was very, very impressed at the end of it. What did you no go? Way, that's sick. Did you go for the one all over? Did you actually like trim it down? No, actual trim it down. Like my hair was like down to my shoulders. I was like second coming of Jesus, man. It was, it was pretty intense. But now it's just like a bit more normal. I'm just wearing hats, man. I spent like thirty pounds on new beanie and just like. Trust me, I've been living in caps. Like I've, I've rediscovered the five panel. I'm like. Sweatbands is also a new thing that I've started to wear to get these fucking curls out of my face. The Turkish guys that run the corner shop down the road, like when one when they start calling me Jesus, that's when I know it's gotta go, man. <laughs> I mean, you do like a proper skin fade, nine out of ten. The top, like you have a haircut every two weeks, so not to have. I was a gonna say, man, your 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 fade is usually on point, so. And now it's like, be peak? like no point. More sense now. You know, it's been awful, man. I've had like um I've tried to trim my beard myself, but I've probably saved like I'd easily say about three hundred pounds. I haven't gone since the start of March, and like That's it's pretty about, jokes. I know it's, it's quite expensive each time thinking about it. So like I've probably saved bare cash like not spending on like getting trims and shit. What about you guys? Have you like found you've saved money doing all this? You know yeah, what? Man. I definitely have, man. Like not eating out and like after work drinks and like expensive lunches. I don't know, you just, and also, I don't know, like, have you just found yourself not eating as much because you're just not hungry because you're not moving? Oh, no, but that's not happened. No. It's uh, okay. <laughs> like, that's definitely not happened. <laughs> it's complete opposite. I bought an Apple Watch because I'm fucking basic. Bored. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've saved a little bit of money, but, like, same, just, like, not been buying, like, £3 coffee every day, not been, like, buying stupid lunch every day, and, like, yeah, just saving on some stuff, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, man. Just oh, Hamal, thank you for um doing this again. By the way. Oh no, sorry about like I think we we, we listened to ourselves. Like other one, we were like shit. We sound like pricks. Not pricks. <laughs> not being like we sound, I think it's because it's from like, <laughs> if, if it was released like yeah straight after like, within the straight after it'd have been like oh yeah that's us. But I think because we've like we're different, not different people, but basically like nine eight months later, you, you you are different people, aren't you? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You do change quite a bit. Like I've. That's something that I've been like reflecting on. Oh, that sounds a bit shit, but like how quick everything changes. Yeah, for sure. And it's, yeah, like eight or nine months doesn't sound like that long, but like 
I guess for you guys, you can actually move the business on quite far in eight or nine months as well. Well, it's funny in that in that first uh, the first podcast we were talking about, we we're saying, oh, but we're getting Korean brands in and stuff. And within mm. that podcast to now, we've dropped majority of our brands. We're spending worse money marketing another brand. Why don't we just invest that money into Ben Air? Since the start of the year, we've sort of you can probably see we've more drops out. We've pushed heavy on like marketing the brand itself. We've increased quality of our essentials. We're still releasing brands, but it's not like not as much because I think we we, we realised there's not any money in retail, and that's weird to say. Like it, there's <laughs> not. There's not at all. It's, it's, you have to be, you have to be a, a community and people buy our shit more than... Mm. That's cool though, man. That's sort of like, must be nice to get that kind of confirmation. Well, it, was, it was sort of weird. We went to Paris Fashion Week and we were sort of like, we had a couple of like meetings with brands and stuff and it went really well. And then we were just afterwards, we were like, man, we could, I think within that two weeks, 99.9% of our sales were all Ben M. We thought to us, like, look, what, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to continue selling someone else's product? We're still going to support smaller brands. We'd rather support Bene and like put stuff into like cut control and stuff. Like we've got like these... investing in yourselves as opposed yeah. to investing in other businesses, like taking a risk with other brands. Have you found yourself doing anything like kind of cringy throughout this uh, like COVID situation, lockdown? Like have you started doing fucking TikTok dance challenges or like running 5K or like push-ups not that they're like cheesy or grungy yeah. but just like is that is there something that you've picked up doing like you said you got an apple watch like have you i spent more money on clothes than i have prior to quarantine you know like joggers and stuff and like training yeah, yeah, yeah. i bought a new pair of running shoes uh a new hoodie i bought, I bought little bits and bobs i wouldn't spend before because just like because you've, you've got your free time you sort of end up spending more time looking at the stores researching a lot more and you start buying stuff even like stuff for benet I'll, I'll take benet stuff which when i usually wouldn't that's sick. What have you picked up then? So running trainers, some new Benet bits. Uh, Benet bits. I bought an Apple Watch. I'm trying to clean the process up in terms of like, because obviously when we moved from the store to the to our house, we basically ran everything in boxes. Because what we do is like we try and keep all our boxes from stock so we can keep on using them. Because we hate buying new boxes to move stock. So we always keep the stock. So I've been able to like, like IKEA packages, you know, storage oh, to sort of, organize more but still use the brown boxes and so it's we're still using stuff that we've had in the past but also organizing other bits and bobs so it's more like literally basically going back to basics and restructurizing the way the business works from home which i thought we maybe be able to i think we've been more community-based too like since covid hit we've like we've tried to push even further like reposting the customers pictures doing interviews with people within the community do that at create a home series We've asked people about how they work in isolation. And it's really weird. Everyone sort of has gave, not similar pictures, but they have, everyone kind of works on a desk. Do you know what I mean? I think there's one person that worked in a bed. Everyone works at the desk and everyone says the same thing. They're sort of scared, but they're also, they've been able to like do more work doing it. I think we've always wanted to start a create a home series, but more about people's offices. I think it's, even though COVID is a bad thing, it sort of allowed us to contact more people and have to do that series. I think we've probably think like the eighth or ninth in now. And it's really great to like see how different people's workspace are. People actually messaging us and being like, oh man, I love this series. Proper inspiring me to like clean my workspace or <laughs> start working. Yeah, I know. All right, fair play. Sounds pretty cool. What running trainers have you got just out of interest? Because I got a pair from the, the Nike outlet here and yeah. it was between some actual 
running trainers and a pair of React Visions. I don't know if you've seen either of you have seen those. They've got like a weird heel unit. I ended up getting those and they're not running trainers and I fucked up my ankle and knee. <laughs> and I've just been fucking hobbling around for like two weeks. I'm just only getting back to like normality. I basically, I bought, I'd used these running trainers for about five years, the same ones. <laughs> I'd, I'd ran back in the day, but I I'd, I'd basically had hurt my, hurt my knee and then just stopped. And you, you have an injury and you don't start up again because you've got like work, yeah, yeah. business, whatever. And this was like the perfect opportunity to do it. So. For about two and a half, no, for about three and a half weeks, I was running every day, getting up at like 5 a.m. to go for a run, being really organised with it. And then um, I bought a pair of running trainers like the last week and I bought an Apple Watch. And within mm. that happening, I fucked my knee up. I was oh, like, no. Oh, man. Way three, four kilometres. And I was like quite far away from my house. And my knee just went. And then I was like, fuck, I've got to walk back now wearing like fucking running shorts. A hoodie, <laughs> and, like, and I'm there like, full on like full kit wanker. But I bought the um the flying it races like not what I think they're called the the exact name of them the the RN it's three they're like the I've super the it runners yeah they're sort of the ones where you can like bend in loads because I find if it's too of a bulky shoe I find I'm like it feels too heavy do you know what I mean if it's like a thinner shoe I find I'm running better but I haven't run. Yeah since that I've been like you, you just have that injury and you, like, you don't want to go back and run because it might hurt my mate was wearing a pair of fly knit trainers and he was you know when you wear them so much they end up looking like ugg boots fake ugg boots <laughs> yeah, yeah like the heel twist twi- over he was walking down the street and this guy came over to him and he said look I'm, I'm a i'm a is it what is it when someone's a specialist in in foot like a reflexologist is that correct Maybe. let's uh... just go with that this this guy <laughs> This guy chased him down the street. I love how between three of us, neither of us know what that is. Um, <laughs> this, guy chased, this guy chased him down the street, a busy street, and was like, look, I'm, I'm a reflexologist, let's just call him that, and was like, I'm not trying to sell you my business, but those shoes are going to be bad for you. Do not wear them anymore. It's fucking mad. <laughs> I was like, really? I just stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, flying it races are not the one, apparently. Clearly, That's you right. fucked up your knee. He was about to fuck up his entire life. To be fair, it's quite funny. When I first started running, when I was running back in the day, I was just using um, Rolshi runs. Oh, was, no way. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was doing really good in them. And then I, I was like, you know what? I need I need a pair of like, proper shoes. So I spent £140. And funny fuck. enough, about two weeks in, I got an injury. Since I bought new shoes, I've always had injury. I think probably getting used to the shoe. I think you try and go back to your full run in the other shoes. I think because you're so comfortable, mm. you might get injuries. But to be fair, I've always been like, even with gym, I've been like, if I have an injury, I try and have a bit of a gap before I start again, because I know it's like that mental thing of, oh, I might get injured again, and you have to get past it. That's, that's a good thing, man. Most people are just like, fuck it, go back to it. Yeah. Um, so, so apart from your Apple Watch and your trainers that are fucking sick, but also fucked up your knee, <laughs> what's, um, what are you into at the moment? Like, what, what, what are you fucking with? What's, what's like your just like what, what are you fucking with what's what's on your hit list what's banging what's good there's been a lot of movies like um i got amazon prime you get a lot of uh separate like channels you subscribe to with them mm. bfi 100 must watch list what i realized is i like background noise when i work i've basically gone through that bfi list and I'm like about 75 films deep Fucking hell, man. That's well good. I've got Amazon Prime, and I had no idea that you got that in- included. Is it good? What are the films it, being? It's not not all the films are with it, but I've had it separate. So some films are on there. It's like the BFI. So it just has that list. They update every year. It's like new films that come in. So, so I think Parasite was added into it. Other films were. But it's a majority of old films that you get in yeah. it. I've sort of found from that, 
sort of help the creative bubbles start moving around. You can sort of like you get inspired by little bits and bobs, make you find out new directors. And I've always been a fan of film, so be able to work even my day job and obviously Alien and obviously Bene. I can have that in the background. It sort of it just gets it flowing when you kind of need, especially when you're working like you're not working in the office framework with other people. You sort of need that thing that's sort of like sort of trying to push you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of, apart from that, just loads of music and podcasts. Um, a lot of football podcasts, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Lads, lads, lads. <laughs> <laughs> lads. Like, like what? Which which podcast? Um, there's Football Ramble. There's uh, Table Manners with Jesse Ware. It's really good. Um, the Peter Crouch podcast is really, really good. That's actually low-key. Absolutely hilarious. The BBC one. Yeah. There's a really good one called The Monster 2. Not called The Monster 2. It's called Monster. And they pick like a serial killer or like a crime and kind of divulge into it. But they had one on the Zodiac Killers. That sort of stuff too is sort of like health, like you know, countdown videos on YouTube. Yeah. Disney Plus. I feel like everyone got Disney Plus for one week. Yeah, everyone <laughs> mental into that, innit? I, thought, I think I watched Simpsons and Avengers and I just literally just cancelled it straight away because I was like, there's no. <laughs> what about you guys? What have you been listening to or doing? Mate, I really completely been nerding out on this podcast called Pirate History. And I've so. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's the most it's, Seth answer in oh, the world. Yeah, pirate, pirate history. Pirate history, yeah, man. So it's like a like a factual look at the history of like pirates from the Elizabethan era all the way through to like I guess more modern. But other than that, I've been getting really into like uh, <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> listening to fucking like he <laughs> like healing sounds playlists on youtube and i realized how that's gonna now make me look like an absolute fucking psychopath but yeah i've also been listening to like fucking pop smoke now i now I feel like i'm trying to like act cool oh, man. yeah now you're, you're really you're literally <laughs> acting like i know i know what the kids like yeah no, no um have you heard of that, that artist asap rocky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the dollar sign yeah but i've just been getting really into like furniture and like trying to find out more about furniture design what about you Adam? um i've been i've been watching a lot of re-watching a lot of Gasworks with elhan what else i've been doing i've been listening to a lot of joe budden's podcast the half cast podcast with uh poet and chucky oh. failing upwards which is now called throwing fits which is fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, and, and like, yeah, running, and it's pretty much about it. Yeah, no. You know, um, you know, Casey Neistat. To be fair, I went through and watched like cause a lot of his newest shit is very YouTubey, but a lot of his older stuff. I went from like the oldest to newest, and to kind of see where he came from into where he is now. I think I watched about forty videos, fifty videos, just kind of going through all his back catalogue and stuff, and it's kind of mad to see how. He went from so creative to like not commercial, but like he's commercialized himself in terms of who he is. So I was doing a lot of that, and, and this YouTube channel called History Buffs, which is probably oh, yeah. if you like pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, they have this this like documentary TV series called The Terror. I watched that, and I wanted you know you watch like a, a TV series, a film, and you sort of want to find out more about it. Yeah. I found this video where he basically compared it to what really happened. It breaks down stuff like Casino, uh, the Terror, Wolf of Wall Street, Dunkirk, the Untouchables, and it sees like it basically comparisons against real life. It's, oh, that was fake. That was real. That didn't happen. That happened. It's kind of sick. In Casino is like it's kind of drastically different. It's the same in certain points, but drastically different to where it actually was in real life. That's so. mad. The one like that that I really like is um, have you watched The Big Short? 
No. So that's like film, sorry, big short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I think it's got Christian Bale in it. You know the financial crisis. They look at like these guys that betted that it would happen when everyone else saying it wasn't. It's just really like really, really good film. Kind of based in facts. It'd be interesting to see, like you're saying, what did happen and what didn't. Even with um, a lot of Kubrick stuff, like Stephen King hates him for what he did with like The Shining. I watched this really <laughs> video where he kind of broke down and like. It's it's so different, yet it's the same. It's, it's obviously got the same sort of points, but he just pissed him off. And then I didn't realise there was actually a Shining miniseries, and it's the most awful thing ever. Oh, well, the Stephen <laughs> Stephen King made himself. Yeah, and it's just like it's like why would you make that yourself? Like, like <laughs> I get it. Like Kubrick made one of the greatest films ever made, and then it's like a three episode TV miniseries. And it's the most awful thing in the world. Like, honestly, watch it and you'll be like, how Like, how does he think this is better than, than Kubrick? I, I get, obviously, it wasn't as, like, true to the source material, but flipping out, it's, it's, it's absolutely awful, man. What's bad about it? Just, like, everything? It just hasn't got that Kubrick detail with everything. Like, I think people have actually made films based off the Stephen King film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... With his, it's just like, it's just, it's basic. It's like a, it's sort of like um, a Hallmark TV, uh, TV version of The Shining. You kind of get... Uh, kind of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you watch Prophecy, the one that came out last year? No, man, I just, as a rule, don't watch horror films. Too yep. scary, man. <laughs> really? Yeah, man, like, <laughs> just, yeah. I, f- I feel watch... like my entire like, reputation's just been washed down the drain in the last, like, five minutes. But, yeah, no, I don't, don't, I'm not into horror films. Pirates, scared of horror films. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sound healing, bro. You should get into it. No, um, yeah, that's sick though. So uh, it's like, feel like other than Bene, like film is that? Would you say that's one of your passions? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I've always loved like the concept of films and like how. So say like a horror film, like say like it scares you, but it's so hard to create something that scares someone these days. Obviously, jump scares will always be what jump scares are, but like to actually terrify someone with a film, like have you watched um, like Hereditary? I'm not scared with films, and I was like, there's a scene in the film which I think everyone of us that's watched it has seen this scene that terrifies them. Have you, have you guys watched it? Well, so it's basically where uh, there's a scene where he's in the attic and a character is sawing their own head off, but they're smiling as they do it, oh. and it's fucked up, man. It's like that scene is just like, you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? You want to see the key, not like the A2 horror. Like, they're honestly like the, one of the best. The way they push films in the marketing wise, you can tell an A2 film. Yeah. After when they do it, because they did um, uh, mid 90s. Yeah. Oh, and, um, yeah. That was sick. That was sick. And was it, um, did they do Hidden Gems as well? Yeah. Uncut hit- Gems, sorry. Yeah. Uncut Gems, sorry. And they did. No uh, spoilers, I've not seen that yet. You haven't watched Uncut Gems? No, it's like it's on my to do list. The thing is, though, I'm like, I'm really particular with like watching films. Like, it has to be on a good screen. It has to be good sound. Like, I can't be fucked watching stuff on my little shitty laptop with like a Bose speaker. I mean, it's all right, but it's not. I know, man. Like, I like going to the cinema. I like experiencing that like big ass screen and shit. You know, you say like intimate gigs for like music. Mm, I'm sort of. Where you're like electric in Brum, I love that more than say like the IMAX experience. Cause I feel like it needs to be easy yeah. and like comfortable. Well, I feel like IMAX yeah. it too like you have to strap in and you're like you're there and you're like but stuff like I watched Midsummer in Electric. It's a whole experience of being an old fashioned cinema and watching that film. It's just it's sort of like hits, but then obviously stuff like Avengers, 
you have to watch in like a big cinema. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, have you guys watched Midsummer? Summer. No, no. but I've, I've I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, it's not same. the sort of I don't know. It's not the sort of film that I would gravitate towards. But I've I've heard I've heard very good things about it. Honestly, cinematography wise, like if you're into design and everything, the way that film is shot and some of the shots in it are just like ridiculously good, man. Like the end scene of that film is visually it's just so beautiful even though it's like horrifying it's beautiful and i think i love film the horror films like that where like the cinematography some point but it's not about the horror it's just scary because it's scary sort of thing okay sick i've, I've we... got i've got a quick question yeah go on sorry Seth. no no go on you do your quick question and then we'll get into like the nitty-gritty so i reckon i reckon we we get into that now so with, with the first question i'm gonna i'm gonna rephrase it slightly if you were to tweet, so in, is it now 240 characters rather than 140? Yeah. Could you tell us how you got started at Bene Culture? So Bene started originally, like, we, we got the trademark for it back in, like, 2010. It was meant to be a brand, but I think majority of the time then in terms of, like, shops and, like, brands, you don't sort of want to disclose where you get stuff printed along those lines. So we sort of, me and my brother both left it. We sort of thought, we have the name, we might revisit it, let's not really touch it right now and then back in like late 2014 third business partner Hasim. i would say he was sort of the react that started me and Vim were getting more involved and trying to do it again because we had that name it's a really good name to what it is it's good culture uh, what Bene is from from that we sort of started messaging brands obviously found it very hard and we sort of had to push to get our first couple of brands but from there we, we started stocking brands and vintage and then the vintage sort of pushed us forward through depop because we thought we had a bit of a platform, we thought let's start our own label alongside it, and we we started the Bene Culture label, and it sort of all just kind of ticked along. Like the brand got better, and then we got even more brands that we loved from like around the world to be stocked with us, and it just sort of kept on kept on growing. And then we thought the best point from them was like then obviously start a start a physical brick and mortar store. Sick. Yeah, and then sick. so so what brands do you stock in? Like what are your what are your favorite pieces from kind of uh from, from when you started well not necessarily when you started but you you said that you've you've dropped some brands over the years like things have have evolved like can can you kind of expand on on some of your favorite bits that have come in and out of the store i think like um like pleasures was probably one of the big ones for us because we were like the first place in the uk to stock them think about it, like not many people i think when we first had in the first season we had to kind of tell people who they were and say like this is pleasures they're sick brand from LA they've like loads of sick I think one of their main hoodies was Kurt Cobain's um suicide note on a hoodie which got mm. pressed back in the day and then like from from them we've had a, obviously this is never that we've stocked last season which is like a really great Korean brand um they're stocked at end clothing and uh, um uh, sneaker and stuff now in London always one of our favorite brands basically been with us since we started secret obviously they have good like imagery in terms of their uh, t-shirts and hoodies but then have really good cotton sole too which kind of mix like french workwear to like normal workwear so it's the really nice people too and that's the most important thing you can be like a really great brand but having really nice people behind it is like the most important thing for us that's sick and is it like when you find something someone new that you want to get on board is there like one thing that they've all had in common i think it's been like they've all sort of been startups They've all, all started from like grassroots and grow the business. Like like workshop studios who we stocked last year. He makes all the bags handmade in his like studio or his apartment right now. And he's able to obviously grow his business like that. And then we've had other brands like Walk in Paris who have 
obviously all their events in Paris around dancing, the quality of their clothing is like next to none. I think we, we try and have that like thing where we hit good people, good quality, good design. And it, if you kind of hit all those points, we sort of love to work with those brands. Obviously, it, it hasn't been easy getting brands in because when we start up, I think majority of retailers that start now will start in the past couple of years. They've had past experience working at retailers or past experience working at brands. We kind of came into it knowing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I knew he was my mate and that was about it. We didn't really know much. That's talking about like product shots, marketing, website development, even how you create a community. We didn't know anything. We sort of like, not winged it, but we sort of thought, okay, what do we do? (laughs) Okay, let's learn from that and do that again. And then I think failure is such a good thing for a business because it sort of teaches you that's a low and you have to and highs and lows of a business. I think if you f- have too many successes, it doesn't make you respect that success when it does come in. That that kind of tails quite nice into the next question, which is about you know what what is your biggest biggest success and and, and failure? That could, could you expand on that? I think biggest success wise, it would probably be um, our launch party was probably one of them um we obviously when you come from a deep we were quite big on deep i think we had like hundred thousand followers and then we had quite a big like a newsletter list and we had quite a few online customers too but it was obviously nothing compared to what it is now and we thought okay we need to open a brick and mortar store because when you open a brick and mortar store you obviously have that level of respect for the brands you have ability to put events and you have ability to actually speak to someone and build a rapport with them and kind of make them understand what you're trying to build and to then have the launch party and literally thinking I was going to have just family and friends there to have in family, friends and this random amount of people which I'd never seen in my life come to the store. It was just like, oh, oh damn, like people are what we're doing. You don't really read or when you just an online store, I bet a lot of like online brands realise they don't really realise how many people love their product or care about them when you actually have someone telling you, oh, I really love yeah. what you're doing. It, it means a lot. But then on the opposite side, the biggest failure, I'd probably say like the launch was probably the biggest, it probably the biggest success in the long term with failure. When we launched it, we had no idea what we were doing marketing-wise. And we launched it and just didn't get one sale. We didn't get nothing. Like we had like, I think we launched it like eight o'clock and we were expecting like at least two sales or three sales and we had nothing. And then the second day came, nothing. Third day came, nothing. I think we had to wait about two months. And on that order it was um being mentioned before the order was from to america but because i didn't really realize the price differences in like postage i knew it was obviously uh, shit. <laughs> so literally it was i think he bought like three two or three t-shirts and the postage was like 19 pounds and the t-shirts were like 23 with four pounds postage so we literally we made no oh, shit. but it was that first sale and yeah. then we could, we could have finished it. We could have literally finished the business and then we'd not been where we are now. But I think we thought, okay, let's just continue doing it. We've not got a brick and mortar store at this point. We've we've got very minimal expenses. Let's just try and grow it and try and grow this business and try and do our best. That's and mad. We sort of pushed along from it. But it's a failure, but obviously it led to the success. Yeah, I could completely experience the same thing where you're there like, yeah, I've made something cool now. People are just going to turn up and buy shit from me. And you're there like, oh, no, that's the, you end up realizing that's not how it works at all. But just to clarify on those two, so the success was the store opening. 
Yes, it was the store launch back in twenty. Okay, okay. And then the failure. I thought you were talking about the same thing, but the failure oh. was the first, like. Yeah, was was the actual first the launch of the actual store. I know it's not a failure in itself. But I think the whole the way we did market it, we didn't know what we were doing. I think, I think a lot of brands back when we started it, it was if that weren't on big cartel, they'd gone Squarespace and was trying to start something. I think we were sort of that uh, became a bit too late to get big on big cartel and um, a bit too soon for like the whole like influencer seeding aspect which kind of came in a bit afterwards so like in that middle time where not many brands really came about then i think during that 2015 period a lot of retailers closed down like you had a two closed down near then you had donut store in bristol closed down near then so a lot of stores just retailers were closing down so it's probably not the cleverest idea to open a retail we thought let's just do it because it's I think it needed to be done in some sense. That's sick though, and brave as well. Like I think you've definitely like, I guess it puts you in a position with maybe a bit more to lose in a financial sense, maybe. Yeah, I, I think uh, we started the business on literally bare minimums to say. I think I, I was just coming out of uni, so I was basically minus. My brother was just working working a normal retail job, and our other friend was obviously working another retail job. So it was like we didn't have big expenses behind us, but I think we knew. I think we've always stayed true to what we are. Like we never try and we don't try and put the thing out as fake. If we, we design something or release a collection, it's because we love it in some sense. We know we'd wear it. We know we'd want to push it ourselves. We've always tried to stay true to our ethos. And it's even like if a drop does really well, back when we first started, we wouldn't restock it because we'd think that's it done now. On to the next thing. I think obviously as a business, you have to think differently now and think, okay, you have to restock stuff that's selling out to yeah. like continue the growth of the business. But I think it's naivety, but it's when you start a business, you don't really know what you're doing at all. But then you sort of, you learn steps along the way. Yeah, of course. That makes a lot of sense. That's cool though, man. You were talking about marketing and stuff and kind of working out what to do. One thing we both like really liked that you do do is the mixes. And we just wondered how they came about. I think probably where we're from in the city, so in obviously the Brum area we're in Custard Factory, uh, what the Zellig we're part of, and obviously there's a big music scene around that area. And I think with every event we did have, we had DJs. I think we got a lot of friends that were DJs. And I think it was uh, about two years ago, we were talking to one of our mates, Christian, and he was asked to do a, a, like a playlist for the store. And then it was sort of like, yeah, we should do We did bits and bobs over the years. We got certain people to do playlists and stuff, but nothing that was serious. We thought, you know what, fuck it, let's just start a playlist. And then that's obviously we've we're now doing apparel for that side of the business for that side of it too. And hopefully when obviously if things back to normal, we can put events on in store which are just music related and sort of be hopefully be more of like a radio alongside a shop and alongside like a publication news thing. Yeah, that's sick sick. It's kind of like breeding in like the whole media side of stuff as well. Yeah, and it allows people that obviously haven't got like that platform. I think that's the main thing would be a platform for people, and that's from like photographers, from designers, from sculptors, and musicians. We want to be that because we know Is that kind of like one of the aims of Bene sort of thing to kind of be a platform for young talent. Or I think when we started, it was just the main goals were just good products, good customer service. As you grow the business, we sort of we sort of got push push back and everything like it, even opening a retail store we were finding it hard to even get meetings to view spaces um when we're getting brands we find it hard even when we're printing we had to like i think our first stuff was printed with like a football you know like a football printer like the guy does like 
Oh, Flux schools. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had to use one of those. We, we didn't know where to get it printed. And I think over the years and having that happen to us, we sort of thought, you know what? We want to. We don't want to be like everyone else. We want to be that thing where you, you need a printer. Okay, our printer's down the road. Don't use him. Oh, you need tags. This guy's really good. Oh, you, you want to do cut and sew? I'd recommend this, this, and this. Oh, you want to go um, You want to go plastic free? Try these places. They do it. We never try and withhold information because if you withhold, one, the business you're using doesn't allow to grow because they're not getting more work. And it would be really fucking cool to know that in, say, five years' time, that that little kid you gave advice to, he's growing a sick brand who's then helped another kid get a job. So it's like a you sort of want to create a platform and then create another platform and it sort of leads to more and more for the people. And if we do it, then it might make mean the person that we help then helps someone else. It just sort of like it tracks along as it goes along. It's a really nice outlook, man. Yeah, that's actually like genuinely a really good thing to do. I think it's just because we just didn't get the help in the in, at the start, so we always think if we can, we should. That's where we're always brought. And then the people that you feature in the mixes are most of them like local guys. Yeah, it, it depends. We either pick um, DJs or musicians in the local area, or we pick like creatives that want to do a, a playlist. So, say if we're like interviewing someone for a Q and A, or we're doing a collection with someone, we'll. Say one, you also do a mix too. Because I think, as I was talking about, talking about before, music, podcast, stuff like that, it's really involved to the creative sphere. So even if they aren't a DJ or a musician, it's still a, it's still good to get a person's understanding of their playlists and like what they listen to, what kind of keeps them ticking. Uh, work putting them together. I think when you first start out, you know, not to see some photographers and product shots and everything like that. <laughs> You 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 don't you haven't worked with someone or done something before. You are gonna sort of charge them like a price sort of thing, and you are gonna have a thing. If you know ones, you're not gonna get the best rates. You're not gonna get you you don't know how to actually put a collection out though. What it means to communicate a collection to a customer or to a fan base. So I think this over the years, it's just been having a learning curve of like understanding how to communicate a collection and what it means to that customer base. So that would be stuff like even up in the quad, like working in studios and shooting it or finding location scouting, finding good location. But um, one of our drops, I think it was back in, uh, up in winter 18, we shot that in, it was in like a DIY store just down the road from the store. And literally the reason we went into that space was to buy a broom. A broom and I looked around and I was like, this space is sick. And we were originally going to shoot it just like on a white background, grey floor. And we thought, the whole like collection was about like the designs were sort of ripped off old school companies that did like work around Digbeth. So we would actually not copy, but we'd sort of like, rework one of the designs to work on Benny logo. Like, it sort of fitted so well, the colour wise, with the whole space. And we were obviously talking to this guy who was about like 80, 90 years old. Um, okay, that's probably too far, about six, 60, 70 years old, um, talking about his space and like, getting history off him about what it was before how long they've been there, how long some stock's been there. It, it was it was interesting. So I think we've always we always try and find spaces where it's like a mix of we're working with someone or it just hits that perfectly in terms of production wise that lookbook. But it's it, it honestly it's so hard like finding a lookbook because you just you want to always better the last one. Do you know what I mean? Every season you want to sort of be like, oh this one was better than that one, this one was better than that one and never like take a step back. So you always invest more and more money. Like the one we've got planned for next year, the time and effort we're putting into it is because we want it to like be really, 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 really sick. That sounds epic, man. Can you give us a little sneak peek or is it all top secret? 
It's a bit top secret. It's gonna be um it's not gonna be in a studio, it's gonna be outside. Alright, sick. We'll keep your eyes peeled. Where's it gonna breaking news? <laughs> outside. No, but it, it should be really nice. Yeah, it sounds sick. I've um I've got a quick question about Birmingham and how it's kind of changed in, in recent times. Like do you think that gentrification is is gonna be a positive impact on the creative scene and, and like the local communities and do you think it's already happening and have you have you seen the, the change around Digbeth where, where your store is and where you live on the outskirts? I think we're sort of right in the middle of it right now because um, by our store and obviously behind it there's going to be property developments there's actually like a protest going on because I think because of how big they are they're sort of going to leave a shadow on the whole cost factory so there's a uh, there's current processes like they're, they're trying to push to stop that happening. Um, just sort of agree with in terms of you don't want these big buildings to overshadow like the color, literally the color of the city. I think it, there's goods and bad gentrification within an area because obviously it means more businesses, means more jobs, means better life for people in the area. You might see area properties that were decrepit and not used being redeveloped and have maybe maybe even employ like 20, 30 people. So there's always positives in it. But obviously, I think it's all that thing, you know, when uh, they made, uh, was it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Uh, no, it was um, Ghostbusters when they obviously made the new one and they compared it to the old one. Everyone was, oh, it's going to ruin my childhood. I think it's that sort of vibe where yeah. such a connection to the old Digbeth and to what it is. You sort of don't want to, you don't want to lose what it, what it was before, you know, the grassroots, the underground vibes. You don't want to lose that to make it commercial. But it's, it's both ways. Obviously, the businesses within Digworth, they want to have better footfall. They want to see people come down the area. You want to see a nightlife happen there, which enables other businesses to grow as people's um, startups to flourish. So you, you sort of do want to see it in both ways. So I see both perspectives, but it's just it's hard to pick a side because obviously as a business owner, you've got more footfall, but you also want to keep that underground, like hidden gem sort of vibe too. So you, it's hard to go in there. I think the rest of Brom in itself is growing like drastically in like a food way, in, in food wise, in shop wise. Obviously, I know Primark obviously isn't the side in terms of independence, but obviously one of the biggest stores coming to Birmingham and then little restaurants getting Michelin stars or big restaurants getting Michelin stars in the area. It's, it's really good for the community in a whole. I think it's just hard trying to pick which side you want to go on gentrification or not because there is obviously benefits to both. What, what do you guys think in terms of the area? Well, I mean, I'm not... I've, I've not really been to Birmingham since since we initially met. So like, I've I've obviously moved to Melbourne, and um, yeah, like I, I kind of obviously speaking to friends and, and family still back at home. Right, it's mad like how it's becoming more and more popular as a destination for like young people to stay. Where like when I was leaving to go to university, so like 2010 it was like everybody's like teenage dream was to get the fuck out of Birmingham as soon as possible. Kind of like maybe, maybe stay around if you can like stay at BCU to like creative arts or something. But um, yeah, everyone just kind of left. And a lot of my friends, like the generation of my mates have all kind of gone everywhere. Whereas I feel that my cousin's generation who are like, you know, 10 years younger, they have kind of made a bit of a home for themselves. And there's like more of a scene and kind of went, when we first, when we came to meet you last time, and then you recommended that beer and pizza place, like the brewery, Dig Brew, yeah, like things like that, quite literally were, were not around when I was nineteen in Birmingham. Those things did not exist. I, I think that they would have been in their infancy in in London, um, 
but yeah, I just think I think it's definitely becoming a bit of a hub, and it's it's not that far from London, and it's 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 very cheap in comparison. But I just wonder what it'll do to like rent prices in in the future. I think that's the one. Yeah, that's the one thing. Obviously, as a business too, you don't want it to be drastically changed too. But I mm-hmm. think from when we started in twenty launched in twenty sixteen, everyone that said to us, "Oh, it's constantly changing with different." I think since 2015, 2016, it sort of stayed pretty constant. Like places have stayed there and they've not changed. And I think as a retail, as like a customer, you sort of want to think when you go to an area, you know what's there, wasting that walk, thinking, oh, nothing's here now, forget about it. You want to have that thing where you walk down, you know, Benet Culture's there, you know, Mockingbird Cinema's there, so you can get some food. You can go to get a golf place, a uh, place on golf. There's, you can go to um, dig a to get a beer. So it, if stuff stays constant, it's better for the area too. I think obviously rent price increasing aren't the best thing, but I think it will kind of match with increased footfall for other stores and um, other like restaurants and stuff. So I think it might balance out in a sense if more people live there, if the rent prices go up. But obviously we don't you don't want it to happen because obviously it means a lot of startups will have to go elsewhere when they first. I mean, you don't want to make it such a tight knit community where businesses like ours when we first started haven't got a chance to yeah it's cool definitely like as someone who's not from birmingham it's like definitely interesting to see it uh when was it last year because it definitely felt like you guys and then the kind of food and drink places we were talking about like it feels like you're going to be the anchor points for that area and like you're walking around it and i could see how like a big block of flats would shape that like you know how every city like manchester's got ancoats or whatever and london used to have shoreditch and it was like a lot of old warehouse spaces that got converted into interesting spots it's like i feel like you the area you guys are in is just um about to get the influx of people do you know in a big way but i could be wrong but it's not a bad thing to have an influx of people i think it's just it's the same thing you sort of want to be a hidden gem and you sort of want to stay that way you sort of want to be like oh we're underground. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you yeah. sort of want to keep that constantly. I, I, I do get it. I think the positives for more coming down to the area because you see more businesses flourish, which is, is the main thing you want to see. You don't want to see loads of chains popping up. You want to see loads of small independent businesses having a chance to to become great platforms what Birmingham is in some sense. Yeah, and like, yeah, I think it's really sick that you've got like such a good... I was going to say good culture, but I guess that's literally what it is, like, <laughs> around around you guys <laughs> in the store and stuff. If there was someone coming to, to Birmingham, what would you, what would your kind of, like, top five places to, to, to kind of, like, visit and, like, eat and shop? Excluding Bene, obviously that's going to be number one. But what, like, I'm just, I'm just intrigued because kind of, like, from someone that, that lives there at the moment and has kind of grown up there recently, like, I'd, I'd be keen to to know what what your top five spots are i think like um for store wise there's we've been quite lucky in the past couple of years with a lot of stores have obviously popped up and grown um there's hedge in great western arcade arcade which is really good obviously ideal down the road from us who have been there they've actually moved stores now opposite their old store um in digworth but they've obviously been there for years um so should we should we should we go to them just um so so can you like describe hedge and like what what they're about oh yeah so, so hedge is sort of like sort of like a florist mixed with a print spot they also stock a, on a skincare which i think they're birmingham based too um but they have like a really cool vibe i think during christmas time they also decorate the great western arcade with a lot of their stuff 
it, it's like a really nice and warm vibe when you go in there. Or the, the shopping wise, obviously ideal in Digworth. They've been there for years. I think they're sort of like more skater than we are, but they have the same as us. They have a very big community, which is great to see. And obviously the guys that have run around it for years and years and years. And I think it's great to see when like a business where the kid that was coming in store, then as a kid, their kids buying from them too. It's great to see like the different age groups shopping with them. Um, food wise, you've always got Digworth Dining Club. The spots that are there, people come to Brum just to eat. Um, not exactly in the city centre, but there's Polly, which is a really good pizza place um, in Molesley, I think it is. They've sort of got that, like, you you, you wouldn't misplace it in London sort of vibe. Um, <laughs> do, do really good pizza, and it's just off the high street in Molesley. Um, or the shopping wires. It's kind of hard, right? There's so many, and you sort of don't know which ones to pick. <laughs> That's sick, though. Uh, the brewery brew I recommended earlier, they're really, really sick. Obviously, their imagery is really nice, and they've got proper cool, like... It's never getting like a warm vibe when you go into the place. Would you say when you look like of the aesthetic of all these places, it's got a distinctly Birmingham feel? I wouldn't say it's got a Birmingham feel. I think it's, it's hard to give a feel of what Birmingham is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What would you say is kind of what encapsulates what Birmingham is today? I think Brum today is a lot of like start to be honest. Like a lot of people that are hardworking that have gone to them from the bottom up. If you look at like... Um, Original Patty Men, they started at DDC just for the store, and then they've gone to their, their own restaurant now and they've got their kill the bar opposite it. I think it's a lot of like hard working people that just are striving to continue continue that constantly. And you get a lot of businesses which it's great to see where they're literally they're new on the scene and they, they grow astronomically. And not just in Birmingham, but people come to Birmingham to try their stuff out. You've got like Wilderness who Obviously, from how many years it's been open now, and they've, they've grown a reputation of like how great their food is, and you just love you, you love to see it in terms of Brum because it's that whole hard working. What's the tagline for Brum? Is it like the, the city of a thousand trades? So we've, we've got like a proper hard working infrastructure between the whole of Brum. Interesting that it's so like startup based as well. That's really cool, man. That's nice to hear. Um, still has like chains and stuff, which you can't really get rid of. Yeah, no, nah, man. That's part and parcel of it, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. Um, all right. So we've got some like kind of quick questions to go through as well. If you're down for that, if you got the time. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Do you want to do one and one bar for bar, Arjun? Sounds sick. Do you want to go first? All right then. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Virgil Abloh? Nice. It's sick, man. Now, the thing is, everyone hates on Virgil. But if you see from extending again from what, what he started at to what he did, and obviously the nightclub he did like about is it two years ago now, mm. it's one of the hardest nightclubs ever done. You've got a rating for it. I think a lot of people obviously the stuff where obviously off white, uh, like the copying stuff. But I think because it's so big, it's sort of you are gonna have people that are gonna break down the stuff you do. But you have to admit like the stuff he's done for culture in terms of streetwear has been or streetwear and fashion in the past three years has been bit massive but you just can't you can't really diss him when he's done so well do you know what i mean yeah totally that's fair that's a fair appraisal i think yeah all right <laughs> for so sure yeah next... I, I think he gets i think he gets shat on far too much than he yeah, needs to 100%. Yeah. a person of color like it's sick to see him like would you have thought about 10 years ago you'd see a person of color that's fronting louis vuitton you probably wouldn't and it's great to see nah, no chance yeah. Yeah, no. and he's got like a like a family as well so I think, yeah, just let him live in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one is, uh, is Instagram good or evil? I think Instagram is good because it's the same thing. Look, right now with everything that's going on, you you can't actually speak to community in person. But through Instagram, like obviously IGTV, Instagram Live, like stories, 
you're able to speak to a customer without actually speaking to them. And I think that's, it's, it's great. Even, even TikTok, like the same as that, it's like, even though you can't actually speak to them directly, you can sort of still have that dialogue, which it's always going to be good, isn't it? It always allows people to grow a community, actually having a physical space, which is great. I think it's, I think it's good. I, I fully catch myself, like, just comparing how what I post does to what other people do. And then when I see myself doing that, then I know it's time for a little break and I have to put my phone down. Have they hidden the likes? You lot. Yeah. No. So over here they've hidden likes and it's mad because you literally don't even well, you obviously don't notice it anymore, but like it's kind of crazy. You just don't see likes. Because that's one of what's one of the biggest things about Instagram, isn't it? It's people liking your stuff, but because now you can't see your own likes and people that I follow, I can't see how much they've liked. It's just like it is what it is. You just I don't know, I found that the connection to it is I don't know, like this, something has gone in a good way because it's like I don't give a fuck about the numbers underneath it anymore. It's just about what I've posted. But is it not frustrating when, like, say, say for instance, you spent like two hundred pounds in a studio, you spent another hundred fifty pounds in a model, two hundred pounds in a photographer, and you take that shot and you post it, and you sort of want those likes to say I did a good job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I sure. mean, you can still see it yourself when you click into it, but. Also, the stuff that you're posting is exactly that. It's like a campaign for like an image that you had to pay for a model, a photographer, a retoucher, all that. Whereas mine is like me and my mates drinking and <laughs> eating pizza and like being idiots. So like, yeah, I understand where you're where you're coming from. Like I, I thought that as well. Like if you're an influencer and you're approaching a brand to say, look, you know, I average 2.3 thousand likes per post. That's no longer a metric they care about, which is a bit frustrating for brands and for influencers and like that sort of market but fuck them how like back in the day you would sort of have to go on websites to shop you'd have to go on specific platforms to do specific stuff and now really just through instagram you can shop you have to go on snapchat anymore because you can use Mm. instagram as snapchat you have to go on WhatsApp because you can message anyone on, on, on Instagram. You can don't have to have like a catalogue of photos on Facebook because it is just your feed on Instagram. You can even have close like friends groups on Instagram. So it's literally making a platform which is like all the different social medias just in one. If you don't actually, have- it is it is it is mad, isn't it? Like it's quite literally, like if you have someone's Instagram, that's it. You really don't need anything else because you can message them, you can video call them, you, know you can send them memes. You can just like you can do everything on that one thing. Like you, that's that's the one, isn't it? As soon as you got that, you don't really need them on anything else. You know, dead the trimmers like off the internet. <laughs> yeah, hundred uh, percent. All right, so the next one. Yeah, it is. Sorry, I'm I'm fucking I'm under a duvet, Hamal. I'm under a duvet, so it's kind of it's peak for me out here. All right, the next question is: What does sustainability mean to you? I'm sort of following what Noah said before, where you can't really be a sustainable brand. It's very hard to be sustainable because you're putting new products out there. But I think what we're trying to be is be as as plastic free as we can throughout the years. I think our goal was obviously it's changed now because everything's happened now. But our goal is by the end of but uh, by, by mid part of 2021 to try and take all the plastic that we use in our business. That's from like us the poly bags um from when we send it to retailers or any sort of thing that we do we're trying to cut it down just so we're not putting more waste in into the world than than we could have i think we've always kind of done it from the start anyway we've always we tried to use a biodegradable poly bag since i think since 2016 
So we've always we've always tried to use we've always stocked vintage, which obviously is like using old stuff. We've always printed on vintage back in the day. We've done numerous collections where we've printed on old army jackets, old Levi's jeans. So we've always tried to do them. We've all, even the brands we stock like um, stock greater goods. You've done like amazing work in like obviously reusing North Face jackets. We've stocked like actual Depop brands. We're not doing vintage brands like Ed Perkins. So we've constantly try and be on the forefront of. Let's just try and be as good as we can, but it's impossible for a brand to actually be sustainable because it's in, you're not really going to put new products out there. I think there'll be a time where we'll try and have to have that step and see how it can be even further more sustainable. But I think it's a, it's a very hard job to be fully sustainable. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. And uh... I totally, totally agree with the point that you made about it's literally impossible to be a sustainable brand. Like they're just both cancel each other out they're just a complete contrast in in what they mean and how can you how can you make something without making anything wasteful like there's going to be some sort of waste even if it's from down to like shipping the product and you know kind of transporting it around and even that like even the postage if you send it to the bromel they obviously might use plastic so somewhere in the route there's going to be plastic and there's not going to be sustainability so it's it's so hard I mean, unless there's like a, a top to bottom change in how it's done or like say like rules that are put in place for brands it's going to be very hard to be changed i think it has to be like brands have to when they first start out be sustainable rather than doing it for marketing side yeah that's completely fair man i think good point well made so then the next question is what's your favorite brand that you don't stock probably paul add some oh paul's sick in it p-a-a is that what you're talking about yeah yeah how do you describe it hamar I would say it's like they have a specific tone which is sort of like quite earthy but all their products are very simple cuts but you can tell it's quite well made and it's just just look at the imagery you know it's good quality sort of vibe <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. and then add some sort of the same thing where they have really good quality but it's also their imagery is just clean it's, it's similar to nowhere where it's like it's just really clean and they have a lot of they talk about what they do in the background a hell of a lot, which is really important. I think I, I love going to a brand's website and reading their blog and trying to find out about their product, which Noah would also do sick. Well, obviously, they talk about the fabrics they use, the breakdown of cost of how how much a thing costs to produce, which is, I always find really interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I think I think that's such an interesting way of being genuinely transparent about everything like no every, every brand kind of uses it as a marketing ploy to kind of like be sustainable and be and talk about themselves but if you if you really break down what they're talking about it's literally if you were to just replace the brand name with another brand name it could all just be interchangeable yeah i, I totally agree with that some they are fucking sick they're literally one of the best brands going <laughs> it's yeah, just I'm into well. basics like their four season stuff it's just like you know they know their aesthetic mm-hmm. and they know it perfectly and i think that's that's what I'd say to any startup or any like new brand is just know what your aesthetic is, know what you want to stay true to, and then if you stay true to that, then it just grows the business. Like it, it grows because people just they kind of they love it because they love the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Am I asking the next question? Oh shit! Is it my- <laughs> <laughs> this is a smooth operation. Come on. Set, you can, you, you can see, you can see we're, we're, we're professionals no it is me it is me and it's 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 regarding uh so it's, it's clearly a family business it's run by uh you and your brother how how do you deal with with it when you are disagreeing like if there's a a brand that somebody wants or like a decision as small as kind of like we, we should paint the inside of the 
you know, the, the shop this colour or we want this shelving unit or an event should be on a Thursday, not a Friday. Like, what's what, what's the go with that? Well, it's because it's, it's, it's me and my brother and Hass. So having three of us is always... Someone's always going to be outvoted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's pretty good in a sense. You don't have two people because it's more arguments. I think we always try and meet in the middle and stuff. Like, try and put our views across. I think, obviously business you always have arguments if you say you're not it's like in a relationship you're sort of going to have discussions at certain points um i'm using quotation marks i said that but you sort of have to like i think we all try and put our views across and as long as it's the best for the business then we always tend to like twist another one's arm and say yeah you know what let's do let's do it that way i think it is quite difficult because all three of us even though we have similar aesthetics we all have fairly different shopping ideas um, I'd say Hass is very like he's, he wears a brand like Stussy, Braindead. Uh, Vim sort of either vintage or he uses like stuff like Muji, so Uniqlo along those lines. And me, I'm just sort of like I like the stuff I like. And I just I wear that kind of thing like like denim. I wear like usually vintage denim and like really basic t-shirts from like Uniqlo or Benet stuff or like any brands we stock. So it's fairly different. So we always try and like meet in the stuff we do and like try and take either either person's view before we make a decision because it's it, the best way to be if you kind of be too strong with it it might create more issues so you want to just yeah, kind yeah. of be as a team as you can that's what, that's what you have to do you have to create a team because then in the future when we hire more employees it's going to be a sense we want to build that same kind of thing into them where it's about working together to build something that's actually really like sensible way of doing it i guess it would be so easy just to completely lose it at someone and being like no i fucking hate that shelf blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> and then uh that, then that would be that wouldn't it i guess you've got to maintain the relationship this is always arguments like you're never not gonna have <laughs> business just saying that like you always have a lot of discussions about it but i think it's kind of me in the middle with it and like i think even with the story fit we've done previously we've sort of because since you've last you guys last came we've kind of mixed the store and it was just kind of like we met in the middle with, ev- with everything because we've got to because it's a space that one we want to do for community and one we want to do for like all three of us like what would we like all three like to do and you've got to like kind of meet in the middle with it that's sick all right so we're gonna do a little bit of a left turn here but what app do you use to listen to music most spotify okay can you open spotify and just tell us what's on your most played oh shit <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah no, 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 no. oh no um, or, or even even recently played, like not necessarily most played, or either or, man. Like just, well, just kind of want to get an idea of so, what you what you bump. Uh, wait, let me go on it. Um, one sec. So you know George Harrison, Beatles. Yeah, yeah. I never really listened to any of his like um, his own solo work. So I've sort of been bumping his <laughs> bumping, listening to his album All Things Must Pass. You've listened to it? No, is it good? It's probably one of the best. Like it's not like ballady, but it's like all the songs are just like brilliant on it. Like you can listen to it, and it's like it goes from hippie to indie to jazz influence. It's like sort of different ranges throughout the whole album, and it's just like the cover's just really weird. Um, he's just sitting in a field wearing a hat. Um, and <laughs> that's sick. And it, What's it called? Man, George Harrison. What? It's called George Harrison. All things must pass. All right. But if you put like if you Google like some of the imagery used for like the I think for the, the vinyl the insides it's fucking like it's all sick it's all sick but yeah apart from that if I played the song that I last listened to it's quite embarrassing um, I'll just play it now. <laughs> 
That's great. <laughs> Absolute hey, banger. Everyone loves Drake, man. No, it's so true. It's like you, no one dislikes him really. He's got he's, he's, he's the most multifaceted artist in the world, in my humble opinion. I think every album he's done has been like a seven out of ten. <laughs> no, I you know so I would true. I would totally agree with that. Like it literally is a seven out of ten. It's like not a total shitter, not absolute bangers, a few really good songs, and there you go, everyone's happy. Like it, it won't be remembered for like in like 20, 30 years, but like at this moment in time, it's hot. I hear that. And you kind of almost right, like then. remember that that was that was the summer of like whatever Drake song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, literally, man. His his last mixtape was the first one that didn't hit number one on the album chart. Oh, imagine, like, no, I didn't know that. Every single album he's released has hit number one, and this was the first one, even including mixtapes, that hasn't hit number one. So That's he's mad. gone down and like being shit now. But, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I hope he's not too so down about your... it. Yeah, what's your what's your drink of choice uh, if you are out and about? Because you you mentioned like Dig Brew quite like that's that's something that you mentioned when we first came to visit. Yeah. But like, are you a beer guy? Are you a cocktail guy? Do you do you go for like? Do you not drink at all? To be fair, like, I didn't drink for quite a few years. I stopped drinking for like about about a year and a half ish. Um, but then when I got back into it, how and why? <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a friend. I finished, <laughs> I finished uni and I was sort of like, I didn't want to drink anymore. But you get bored of drinking. And then. Yeah, now I hate you. I hate you. I think that the one drink I had in about a two year gap was a Guinness when I went to the Guinness factory. Nice. And, that was it. and then, like, I think back in like 2018, I just thought, you know, I need to probably start drinking again because there's going to be a point where I'm going to have like one drink and then fall over. So I need to get back into it. So to fair, I only drink like probably once a week usually. Haven't drank once since quarantine has happened. Um, just because it's, I just don't know. I think you want to do it socially, don't you? Go out with your mates. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. I hear that. And now it's like, I can't be asked to open a beer because I don't want to have a headache in the morning. Sort of I was thing. definitely having like, like it was becoming a normal thing to have a beer with dinner with my housemates. And then after week two, we were just like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? We're feeling awful every day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was like, maybe we should just stop doing that and wait until like Fridays at least. Yeah. Have a glass of wine on the weekend. That's it. That's all that matters. Um, but to be honest, I used to hate wine. But like, um, have you heard of Wine Freedom? No, what's that? They did pop-ups in Custard Factory about a year back. But then they pop up ever so often at events and stuff. But from them, I probably got into white wine, and now I'm like, I sort of do like white wine. Know nothing about it, but I'll have a white wine if it's an offering. So that's your turn up drink. What's your turn? So you're actually drink? you're actually a middle aged white woman from Wolverhampton. <laughs> yeah, man, I like olives too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I make plants with butter. You know what I mean? Like living the life. Um, I come down drink. Honestly, turn down drinks so like you just chill drink like mine's probably dr pepper probably chai like indian tea and that's yeah man that's sick you know I mean? go, go to it's the best man full of sugar just living the life man you know what i mean <laughs> it's probably the best drink because it's like coffee sometimes like especially in isolation if you drink coffee once a day you can't sleep until like 5 a.m so sort of well, maybe you can't but i think you're talking to two coffee crack addicts to be honest oh man yeah I'm, I'm down. I'm down to one a day, but I mean, yeah. Are you missing going into a shop and ordering a flat, flat white and hating it, and then doing the same thing the next day? 
and hating it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah I do. But I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I've decided to st- step up my coffee game at home. So that's that's my go-to now. Just kind of like grinding my own beans, filter them, oh. doing it all. Yeah. Yeah, so I, 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 but I used to do the whole grinding my own beans and stuff. I had like, the, whole, the whole machine and everything. And I just got like, you know what? I can't be asked. <laughs> and I sort of <laughs> <laughs> instant coffee, and that's it. Did you do? Have you guys done that? Uh, oh, what's that challenge called? Is it like Dolgana or whatever it is? The coffee, the whipped coffee. Oh, no. oh, I've heard about like the upside down, like whipped instant yeah. thingy. It, it looks good, but apparently it tastes pretty shocking. It tastes so grainy. It's, it's oh, coffee and sugar and you mix it up and it just looks so much sugar and it's like everyone's like oh it's the sickest thing ever I'm like it's, it's fucking shit like <laughs> I anyway um I, I think I am even though I, sometimes I don't like flat whites I, I can't wait for the first time after isolation to get a flat white from a coffee shop do you know what yeah. I mean that process of like ordering yeah. paying seven pounds and being like sick <laughs> yeah 100%. yeah <laughs> It's so true, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, completely agree. Just being there, like, yeah, you know what? I have a croissant as well. Why not? All right. So, do you have um like a creative output that's not Benet? Um, to be fair, since isolation, I've been trying to just like at least draw some one thing a day. That's like just looking at my window or watching a film and drawing something off it. Just trying to stay like creative, but even like reading books. I know it's obviously not creative outlet, but just like. A hobby in some sense just reading books to try and make sure i'm not like getting dumber and dumber uh, oh man yeah i completely agree with that one that's like <laughs> you're there like like sometimes if there's a gap between when i read books and then i'm like i have to look up a word it makes me feel really stupid like, what? <laughs> i bought a lot of design books just like as i go along um like little bits and bob like photography books just because you, you, you feel like you need to keep on looking at stuff because most of your like inspirations are coming out of in the world and if you're not seeing much outside your window or like outside your one walk a day you're not really you haven't got the creative flowing in you so it's cool to on books. have you guys bought anything that's like yeah i bought a couple of design books have you have one first have you got any design book recommendations out of the stuff you got recently it's not exactly a design book but it's, it's one it's a book i've had for a couple of years i got it for one of my birthdays it's the stanley kubrick book where he breaks down all of his films uh, so sick, and the imagery is fucking sick. But it goes through film from film, so it goes from obviously like um, Doctor Strange, Love, Eyes Wide Shut, The Leader, and like how he's literally perfectionist in everything. And like, even up to, like um, two thousand one Space Odyssey, look the mad that thing that came out in like nineteen sixty eight. That came out. In 19- it's mad, isn't it? It looks more realistic than like say Star Wars that came out in like two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah. Like, it looks trash, and it's mad to think that was majority of it was all like pro- proper effects. One of it was CGI, which is like, incredible. One for Christmas I got was uh, Ken Yahara, who's the guy that did the brand identity for Muji, and like that's a really interesting read because it just like in a similar way breaks down a few of his like most famous projects, and you're like, okay, and like he goes from how he thought about the concept to how he actually executed it that's pretty cool 
That sounds really, really interesting. I think I'm going to give that a read. I've, I found like a little random bookshop near me called Perimeter Books uh, in North Melbourne. And they have a really good selection of like local designers and, and artists that have like prints and publications. And there's a, yeah, I've just, I've just been kind of like going into my own personal like photography archive and just looking at photographers and, and seeing how they approach like subjects and just trying to get back into back into the swing of things with that and it's if if any if anything positive has come out of this for me it's kind of like appreciating like taking time out to really in, do what you enjoy and taking it seriously which sounds a bit cliche but it's so much easier said than done and when we've all been kind of forced to do nothing it's kind of like okay you know what that thing i really love doing what is it that you know maybe we connect with it in the first place and kind of try to get back to that which is been cool see i think yeah. i found quite hard to because obviously working from home it's hard to stop mm. working at times so you'll end up working from like from like 9am and you'll probably not finish until like at half 11 you, you won't realize you're working for so long and you sort of have to like take yourself out but you know what i'm gonna stop it's 11 o'clock i'm gonna just watch some shit tv or like goggle box or something just to kind of like just settle that yourself down it's, i think it's that's one of the hardest things i'm gonna find when i move when it goes back to normal to like not stop to like actually stop working and relax i feel like i'm so it's easy now just to continue working yeah nice i know that's, Amy. that's interesting to hear yeah so um ch- changing the subject again slightly because it's another random question but um what is the one thing that you can't compromise on so like you know we touched on coffee earlier like i can't do instant coffee i'd, <laughs> I'd rather go without like fuck that shit so is there something that you're like you know i i it has to be this pair of shoes or this brand or this cut or style of whatever it's hard to do it's like basics in the wardrobe you know like the plain white tee and like mm-hmm. the socks and underwear like, i know it sounds stupid but they're like they're the items that you don't always see but they're the most important parts of the outfit and i think like muji is like my <laughs> haven for socks and like any oh kind man of, yeah like underneath stuff so like i think it's always the best it's the same thing with the business like it's the base that's the most important and then everything else on top of it just adds to it and I think, like, even like, you can't beat the feeling of getting a plain white T-shirt for the first time, putting it on and wearing that for a day, and it just feels like heaven for the first day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's like, it's that first wear of that brand new T-shirt. It's one of the best feelings ever. And I think I always want to create that. Like, even with the, with the brand itself, I want to create a T-shirt where every time you wear it, it sort of has that same sort of feeling, but it's incredibly hard to do. <laughs> that's that's a really interesting like aim that is a sick aim there is what you've just said about the brand new crispy tea nothing really beats that in terms of like clothes in in my opinion i think it always gets that kind of like always starts feeling a bit shit after the first the first wear i think we've always want you, you want to perfect the white tea don't you everyone every brand that comes about wants to perfect that white t-shirt and make it their own like you've got brands like kerosene who cut and sell t-shirts you obviously have like all the labels do sustainably like boxy t-shirts it's like you want to make it so it's like that perfect you want to have your own thing the perfect tea it's even like, like i think everyone sees like the champion hoodie is the best hoodie right now i think everyone's a lot of brands are trying to do the same thing and perfect that even further but it's, it's, it's hard because every person obviously it's different heights they're different weights uh some have man boobs, some don't have man boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like it, it, it's all sort of really, really different. So like 
just perfecting it from loads of customers probably one of the most impossible tasks that a brand's trying to do yeah like what, what's what's perfect for me is not perfect for someone else but because a hoodie kind of covers a load of area you can kind of get away with it covering a larger majority of people i reckon what's your guys favorite like blank tea you know you know what you said about muji like my one of my favorite t-shirts is a uh, is I've got I got two in the sale actually in Birmingham before I left and it's the one that's got like a like a reinforced neck. Oh, the tight neck. So it's no, it's kind of a looser neck, but it doesn't. It's like reinforced, so when you wash it, it won't fuck up. And it's like on an old loom sort of weave. It's a bit like a Uniqlo U T-shirt. The uni- is it the organic one? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, that's my answer as well. Muji Muji organic tea is. Or Uniqlo, or whatever, is is really really banging. So there's there's the Muji, there's a Muji one that's sick, and Uniqlo U, they're both my favourites. They are next level. I wish I wish they did more colours, and then that's the one issue of it. I totally agree, man. Yeah, it's either white or grey. I think. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. Yeah, it's uh, white and navy. I think. Yeah. And it's like so frustrating. You get you find a team that's the perfect fit, and it just doesn't come in nice colours. You're just like shit. You have to find- <laughs> yeah. Like my whole my whole wardrobe is black or dark blue denim with a white or black tee. Like I literally just only have white or black tees. It's it's really that's bad. Sick. No, that's cool, man. That's sick that you got a uniform. I love that. That's what I'm trying to be like more recently. Just put stuff on, don't you? And I'm not really care about it. At the moment, man, I've been living in like uh, Kmart tracksuit bottoms. So they're they're <laughs> so sick. They're like imagine the Nike grey jogger silhouette. Yeah. But for for like seven pounds. <laughs> <laughs> And they're grey as well, yeah. Just grey, just like mild grey, yeah. Like they're obviously made super unsustainably. They're made out of like plastic bags, probably. They're they're horrible. Like they're so hot, but little they just look funny. And then, um, if you had any famous faces in Bene or any famous followers, um, we've had probably my favourite one that's worn. It's probably Joy Crooks, the musician. She wore it um, when she came to Brom. I can lie. I don't know who the hell that is. Joy Crooks, she's sick. She's a, um, she's a Bangladeshi artist, well, Bangladeshi Irish artist from London, but she's like proper pushes like obviously Asian culture, that people of colour vibes. She pushes um, just like. Well, this that. is embarrassing for me. <laughs> Honestly, proper sick. Um, she's probably our favourite. And then we've had like best person probably given stuff to public like Lil Connor. That was sick. Now that he has some of that stuff. Um, but we, we don't really like like to ask we're more like if someone comes in and they wear it that's sick i think my favorite moment is just seeing normal people wear it that i don't know yeah I mean, that's cool yeah, yeah, yeah I hear that. you honestly can't beat that feeling when you're in a train and you look over and the guy that barged into you is wearing your hoodie it's just like yeah you fuck you gave me money fuck you, <laughs> 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 you know what i mean it's, it's sort of like that sounds that sounds like a, an actual thing that's happened clearly no 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 um, but you, no, do you know what I mean? It's, it's all great for someone to be like, I think I've been at events and I've been like, I saw someone in a hoodie and I've been like, oh, nice hoodie. And he's like, oh. And it's like, oh, I own the brand. And to talk to someone about it and like what they like about it is just it's so interesting. Obviously, having celebs wear it's sick, like to get Kanye or someone in it would be like the best feeling ever. But just getting around like, a normal person that follows us and seeing them in like, real life wearing it, it's just it's, it's even better feeling too. Even when the tag's in, so I'm like sick. They're actually wearing it out. Um, so yeah, le- leading on from that, like, what would you say your favourite Birmingham musician of all time is? So I think of all time it's going to be hard, but I think like right now is probably Coffee Stone. Um, he supported Lo Kana last year, 
but you just put like a new like a mixtape album out. Uh, I think it was like the end of 2019, and it's like. It's similar vibes to Loyal, but it's like its own style. And I could have seen some from Birmingham, the Birmingham accent, like obviously rap and sing sick. It's good to see, but can't think of who else. Who are your favourite Birmingham artists, guys? Go on. Mike Skinner. Oh, okay, yeah. That, I would go the same. Who else is there? UB40. They're, they're from Birmingham. There's, um, this is really bad. They don't have any like older Birmingham artists. Like, to be honest, even even recently, like Mike Skinner did, well, I say recently, it was like two or three years ago now, but Mike Skinner did uh, a thing with Vice and Noisy where he like went to Birmingham and kind of spoke to like JK, Mist, Lady Leisha. There's like loads of people that he, he even he missed out, but like there's loads of MCs and I think that like grime and MCs were like a massive thing in like the early 2000s when it was all kicking off in London as well. But they just weren't as popular, like... They were on Jamie level in, in Birmingham, but didn't really, yeah, didn't get to that stage. But now, like, musicians from Brom are obviously up and coming. Like, you've got some artists that are not as big now, but they're, they're coming up. And I think back in the day, they probably just didn't have the platforms. And now we've got loads of, I think we've got, like, Lady Sanity, who's from Brom. She's doing, like, obviously JK, um, people like that, that they're pushing it further. I think there's like, another musician called Ed Gita, Gator, or something like that. He does good stuff, so it's like I think in the past it was harder, but I think now a lot of people can stay in Brum. I think you got stuff like Pirate Studios and Digbeth, you're like find a studio space people that don't have to like go to London to do stuff. So I think you'll see more artists come out of the city in the next like 10 years. Nice one, all right. And then uh, I think this is the last question, but um, if Bene wasn't your thing, what do you think you'd be doing? And do you have any like formal qualifications or like? training and stuff like that uber driver nah, uh, <laughs> nah i don't know I, I think i'd probably doing something in film or something along those lines um to be fair i did web development for like about six months i hated it um so probably that i actually went to uni for it um business and then after that i sort of wanted to do something in terms of infrastructure system analysis but then as stuff happens in the, in the british system you can't get a job after university so I just started working a normal like um, a customer service job doing Benet and it's just, I've just gone on from there. I think I'll probably do something in IT or like something creative. Cause we've always had that, but I've never had a chance to do anything with it and Benet's obviously helped me. So just to round it off then, where can people go follow you and what's the Benet website and all of that kind of good stuff? So you can follow us on at Benet Culture. It's B-E-N-E Culture. And then it's just benetculture.com. We also have a TikTok at Bene Culture. Follow. Me. <laughs> you got any sick dances on there? To be fair, like, have you got a TikTok now? Yeah, man. Yeah. But our videos aren't sick. I'm not gonna lie. Like, yeah, no. no they, they literally are, man. They're so fucking interesting. Like, it's so creative. We've if, if you go on that app now and just search Bene Culture, like some of our videos are fucking. Our first two are pretty awful, but pretty good at the same time. Sorry. That's... So what is it? Bene Culture or one word? Just one word. I really like that format that they do where it's like they put something into Google Translate and it's like a poem, like roses are red, violets are blue, and then it'll be like something, something, something. Those ones crack me up. I feel like everyone's I've, a I've chef just, on there I've just followed you and my, my username is Arjun Soho 42069. <laughs> Australians. Oh, shit. Thanks for listening to another episode of 502 Radio. 
Hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. Give us a follow on Instagram at the 502 Bad Gateway. You'll also be able to buy a print issue if you want to support the cause at shop.502badgateway.co.uk. Feel free to slide into a DM or get in touch if that's what you want to do. We're always looking for good conversations. Thanks to Ben Sandal for doing the music. Thanks to our esteemed guests for being on and you, the listener, for making it this far. This has been a 502 Radio production. Please sponsor us. We need new clothes. Please sponsor us. 502 Radio. It's a good life choice.